Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Alright, we're going to be talking about the art of soul winning. We started last week, part one. We're doing part two today. And the art, the meaning of art is actually the skill of soul winning and how to win souls. So my, my intention through this series is not just to teach you on the, in the need to, to win souls, but to also teach you how to do it. And there are people here under the sound of my voice today who, who intentionally, you know, who sincerely would love to talk to people about Jesus, but they don't know how to go about it. They don't even know how to start it. You know, it's not like you don't love Jesus. It's not like you don't love the souls. It's just that you are not equipped with the requisite information or how to go about it. And if you don't know how to go about it, you may not go about it the proper way. And instead of having fruits, you may not, you know, have the kind of fruits that Jesus wants you to have. Alright, last week we started talking about this very critical information. I said very critically that the most important decision you ever make in your life is the decision to give your life to Christ. It is the most important decision you would ever make in your life. All of us here, I want to believe, are already saved. If you are saved in this place, let me see you wave your hands. You're saved. Let me see you wave your hands. In Jesus. All right. Um, just put on the touch lights, please, if you can. I think they want to check. They want to okay. try and switch. Try and switch to to Nepal. All right. So let me see your hands again. I didn't see. When I had to lift your hands, the light went off, so I didn't see your hands. All right. So everyone here, if you are not saved, let me see your hands. You're not saved. Okay, so if you are not saved, you are not safe. Please write that down. If you are not saved, you are not safe. You know what I would do if I wasn't saved? You know what I would have done if I wasn't saved? I'll get saved. <laughs> Immediate. All right, so um, I'm going to look at that today. Last week, we talked about the reason why we should talk to people about Jesus. I said, number one, what's number one is that I give to you? Why should we, should we win souls? Number one, what? The value of the sacrifice. Who said this value of sacrifice, Jesus? Thank you, Toby. It's thank you he's gotten today. Thank you, Toby Sachs. The value of the sacrifice of Jesus. And I said that I described what Jesus Christ went through on the cross. You know, words can really not describe um, how, how deep. Why is nobody on the piano? Okay, it's coming on. How deep the pain that Jesus Christ went through on the crosses. The Bible says that he was no longer looking like a human being. Because all the sickness you could think of from mouth cancer to face cancer to leukemia to whatever, whatever sickness you can think of, all the sickness to body deformities, whatever sickness you can think of, all came on Jesus. And that's why you should not be sick because Jesus Christ bore your sickness. Are you following my point? So when he hung on that cross, he hung on that cross in pain. He felt real pain, you see. The Bible says that he was bearing the cross. He fell down at many times. He fell down on the way to Golgotha. 
he was under real pain. It was not like, okay, it's Jesus and I can bear the pain. He was under real, he felt the pain. You know, and hanging on that cross, he wept. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I mean, he was not just going through physical pain because he was, he was, he was physically bearing pain. He was going through spiritual pain because for the first time in his history, if he ever had any history, he was separated from the Father. You see, Jesus is the Word of God. He's God himself in flesh. He's the image of God. He has never been separated from the Father. For the first time, he was going through what we call not just physical death, but spiritual death. Because as far as God was concerned, this was not Jesus. This was sin. The Bible says, He that knew no sin became sin. He didn't become a sinner. Jesus did not become a sinner. He became the best sin of sin. So what hung on that cross that day was the pressing of sin and it is terrible for him so he went through that physical death he died all deaths when Jesus Christ died he died all deaths when he rose back to life he rose back to all lives everything from physical life to spiritual life to financial life to health life to whatever you can think about all the lives I think the only person that got very close to what happened on that day was Mel Gibson I don't know if you have watched Passion of the Christ. Mel Gibson was the only person I know. I mean, I've watched a lot of Jesus of Nazareth movies. The person that got very close and not even exactly what happened because you could still recognize that this is a human being. The Bible says that you could no longer recognize him as a human being as he hung on that cross. The only person that got very close to that is Mel Gibson. How many of you have watched it? Like, let me see your answer again. You've watched it. Now, if you've watched that movie, I know that for the first few days after I watched that movie, you're going to be very holy. You're going to be very righteous because, you know, you get what I'm saying? So you now understand what I said. When I said it's impossible for you put your, to put your eyes on Jesus and keep your hands in sin. You get what I said now? You cannot have that image of Jesus before you perpetually and dip your hands in sin. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. You can't have Jesus on the cross and dip your hands in sin. Impossible. If no matter what level of sinfulness you are, the moment you watch that Mel Gibson's movie, at least for that day, for that day, for that evening, you are not going to tell any lie because that of that image. You know, when I first got into university, I'm from a very conservative. If I, I'm very conservative. I came from a very conservative Christian background. I don't believe in women wearing earrings. There are some men wearing earrings in this church now. I don't believe in women wearing earrings. Talk less of having nose rings or anklets. I don't even believe in women wearing trousers. If you wear trousers as a woman. You are Leviathan. Straight from the marine world. You not even went to wear wig. My God. <laughs> you not even did makeup. Jesus. That's Jezebel. That, the only person that did makeup in the Bible. Who is that person? It's Jezebel. Jezebel. I mean, that was how conservative I was. I had problems with earrings. I had problems with trousers. I had problems with chain. I had problems with anything. And I had a friend, a deeper life brother then. We used to be very, very close. We were just criticizing people. Everywhere we went, we saw people wearing look at them, look at them, sinners like them, just there wearing trousers, wearing this, wearing that. We're always criticizing them. So that day I went to watch that Mel Gibson's movie. When I sat in that um, that hall where we were watching it, I wept and I knew something changed in me that day, very deeply. When I got back to my room, I called my friend, I said, oh boy, let this be the last time, the last time you ever called me that somebody is wearing trousers. I said, I don't think it was because of trousers that they beat that man like that. <laughs> Nobody can beat anybody <laughs> like this because of trousers. I don't think, 
there must be something deeper than trousers. Something deeper than earrings. Ah, how would they beat him like that because of trousers? It's not possible. It's not possible. So my life changed. The sacrifice, the value of the sacrifice of Jesus will put on you the urgency on the tax to share the gospel. Number two, what was number two? The value of what? The soul of a man. The soul of a man is irreplaceable. You can never replace a human being. All of us are unique and different. Of course, you can replace your ex and have another boyfriend or another girlfriend or another wife or another husband. You can do all that, but as a human being, you cannot replace a human. Human soul is irreplaceable. All of us have one dad. Nobody has two dads. I'm telling you, you don't have two dads. The dad that you have might not be your dad, though, but what I'm saying is that you don't have two dads. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you, your real dad is one. <laughs> you know, we have small daddy, big daddy, all these kinds of things, but you have just one dad. You have just one mom. They are irreplaceable. So the soul of a man is irreplaceable. And because the soul of man cannot be replaced, you cannot, you cannot waste an opportunity for them to meet Jesus. What's the third one? The brevity of life. Follows on the, the, the value of the soul of a man. The life is brief. I said very, very emphatically last week that the persons you saw last week, you may not see them again. And I'm telling the truth. There are people who woke up this morning and are dead right now. All over the world. There's a war going on in Israel right now. People are dying. People are dying. People who woke up in the morning, died. There's a woman who went out, you know, she went and she came back. She got back. Her husband was dead. She even thought he was playing prank. She said, yes, kind of. You because you don't want to pay for the cab. But the guy was dead. The guy was there, on the, lying on the couch, and was dead. And was dead. Life is brief. Because life is brief, it's very critical for us to let people know about Jesus. What's the last one I said last week? The reality of eternity in hell. Hell is real. And while I emphasize that our motivation for following Jesus is not hell, our motivation for serving Jesus is not the fear of hell. Our motivation for following after Jesus is not the fear of hell, but that does not undermine the reality of eternity in hell. Hell is real as much as heaven is real. You see, everything we do for God, we must do, and it must be rooted in love for him. Everything that we do for God, please write that down, everything that we do for God must be done out of love. God doesn't want you to do anything for him out of fear. God doesn't want you to do anything out of fear. Anything out of fear. No fear of being punished. No fear of hell. God wants you to do things for him because you love him. He told Peter, Peter, lovest thou me more than this? He says, yes. He said, then feed my sheep. Anything we do for God that is not done out of love has no reward. Anything we do for God that was done so that people would see us has no reward. Anything you do so that people can appreciate you and clap for you has no reward. Everything that we do must be done out of love for God. And most especially winning souls for Christ must be done out of love for God. Must be done out of love for God. Alright? I said the greatest calling of a believer. I said that last week Sunday too. That this calling to, to share the gospel is for all of us. 
is the most important part of our spiritual call as believers. Everyone, there's no such thing as a gift of winning souls. Winning soul is not a gift, it's a responsibility to everybody. Don't say that brother is so gifted in winning souls. I, I don't have the gift of winning souls. Everyone has the responsibility and instruction from God to win souls using whatever means possible to win souls, all right? In the book of Acts, there were only two types of evangelism. In the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 1 to Acts 28, there was mass evangelism and there's personal evangelism. My emphasis this evening or for this series will be personal evangelism. Of course, that doesn't mean that you can't do mass evangelism. You can go to your streets and do mass evangelism. Many, many years ago, when we just gave our life to Christ, we used to walk on the streets. We call it morning cry. We stand on the corner of the streets and we preach the gospel. You see, it, it's, it's made, it may work, it may not work, it may be effective in some places, it may not be effective in some places. There's a place that you go and do morning, corner, morning cry now, you cry. You see, you really cry. So, it, it, it's, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't preach the gospel for the purpose of preaching the gospel. We don't just preach the gospel because, I don't know if, if I'm making sense. We are, we are preaching the gospel to win souls. Winning souls is the goal. So, I'm not just standing in the corner of the street and, make, and, and crying out even when I know nobody was listening to me just because I wanted to make sure I had obeyed some rule for morning Christ. So what is effective in your area? What is effective in your place? So personal, personal evangelism is said to be the most efficient way efficient way to get people saved. The most efficient the most efficient way one-on-one evangelism one-on-one is said to be the most efficient way. If you look at Acts chapter 19 verse 10 Peace, please help me. Acts chapter 19, verse 10. Alright? Acts chapter 19, verse 10. Do you have it? Help me. King James. And this continued. This continued. By the space of two years. Yes. So that all, all they which dwelt in Asia. All they which dwelt in Asia. Heard the word of the Lord heard Jesus. Heard the word of the Lord Jesus. Both Jews and both Greeks. Jews and Greeks. This continued. All throughout Asia. Everybody in Asia. Everybody in Asia. Asia is a continent. Everybody in Asia had heard the gospel. Now, not everybody in Asia was saved. Are you following my point? But everybody in Asia had heard the gospel because the believers were going out, talking colleagues, talking to colleagues, doctors, talking to doctors, lawyers, talking to lawyers, engineers, talking to their engineer colleagues, mechanics, talking to their mechanic friends, plumbers, talking to their plumber friends. Everyone, that entire, without phone, Without television, without social media, without broadcast, WhatsApp broadcast messages, without all that, everybody, I mean, they could categorically say that everyone in that city had heard the gospel. Personal evangelism is the only way to reach every creature, everybody. Now, there are televisions, Christian televisions, that people who are not Christians are not going to tune into. For instance, TBN is TBN. Unbelievers may never. Tune to TBN. Are you following my point? I make altar call in churches. And sometimes when I make altar call in church, everyone who I get saved in church are not hearing the gospel for the first time. Otherwise, they will not be in church. Are you following my point? People who, are, who have never heard the gospel are not in church. The people that I call out every Sunday who come out to give their lives to Christ are people who have heard the gospel, but maybe they are getting convicted by the gospel for the first time. Or maybe they had backslidden and now they want to dedicate their lives to Christ. 
But real sinners who have never heard the gospel are not in the church. And the only people who can reach them are people who are either connected to them, their neighbors, their friends, their colleagues at work. They are the only people who can reach the real sinners. And it's not a rocket science. I'm going to break it down for you this evening. And I've done it severally and severally and severally. And I've done it in the car. I've done it in the bus. I've done it in the plane. I've done it everywhere. I've done it in waiting lobbies. Done it in gates, man's shop. I've done it in shops. I've done it in malls. I've done it everywhere. It's not rocket science, all right? So let's quickly go. I said that one-on-one is the critical, most critical way to get people saved. All of you in this place, if you don't have any friend that is not saved, it's time for you to have a new friend. If all your friends are saved, then you are ripe for new friends. So if you look at your contact list, and everyone in your contact list is born again, then it's time to have new people on your contact list. Why am I a soul winner? Write that down. Why am I a soul winner? Number one, because Jesus was a soul winner. Jesus was a soul winner. Give me 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Why am I a soul winner? Because Jesus was a soul winner. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. What does it say? Help me. This is a faithful saying. Yes. And worthy of all acceptation. Yes. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. So Jesus was a soul winner. If you look at Luke... Chapter 19, verse 10. It, it makes it more elaborate. Help me. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The first one we read was 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. What does it say? Help me, please. King James. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that so which was lost. So the Son of Man came to do what? Help me. Came to do what? Come to seek. So what does it mean to seek? Give us NLT. What does NLT say? Do you have NLT media? What's NLT? Give me NLT. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Son of man came to do what? Is that what NLT says? Seek. Save the lost. What's good, what's good news? Good news For the son of man came to seek and save those I'm who are lost. I'm translation that doesn't use the word seek. Do you have God's word? Eh? What does passion say? Life. To give life to those who are lost. The son of man came to seek out. So I'm trying to look for another word for that seek out. Seek out. Um, What's that? Message says what? Came to find. Abi? He came to find the lost and they restored the lost. So what's another transition? CV. What does it say? The son of man came to look for. To look for. And to save people. So if Jesus Christ comes into this place now, he's looking for the lost. Jesus is looking for the lost. When he enters an airport, while he's waiting, airport terminal, waiting for his flights, Jesus is looking for the lost. You see, Jesus is not waiting for the lost to come to him. Are you following my point? It says the Son of Man came to seek out, to look for, there are lost people in your office. Some of us don't even have to look for them. We have already seen them. So Jesus now begins to look for a way subtly that he can come. You see, because I said before, please don't miss my point, that the purpose of preaching the gospel is to win souls, not to preach the gospel. Because there are people that are preaching the gospel just to fulfill some form of duty. 
that whether you are saved or not is not my business. I've already told you what. My own is to tell you. My own is not to tell you. My own is to get you saved. So if I'm going to draw to get you saved, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to sing to get you saved, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do anything possible to get you saved. My, my goal is to get you saved. My goal is not to preach the gospel. Are you following my point? Alright? So Jesus will come to a place and he will begin to look for the lost. And this is very, very critical. This information is critical that Jesus Christ does not wait for the lost to find him. The Bible calls us fishermen. We are not spider-men. You see spider? You know spider-man? Spider-man sets the trap and wishes or hopes that something falls into it. And most of us, that's what we do. We do in church. We set trap for the lost. Jesus does not set a trap for the lost. He goes out where the sinners are and looks for them. So he said in the, in the, in the Great Commission, he said, go. Is that what he said? Go into what? Into what? Go ye into all the world. Not wait. Jesus was a soul winner. He went everywhere. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how the Lord answered Jesus Christ with the Lord and power. Who went about? Went about. Jesus Christ went about. He went about. So it's not, it's not, like I said, I'm going to give you a, a, a little breakdown. It's not difficult. If, if Tunji wasn't saved now, and he's my friend, just for an example, if Tunji wasn't saved, and I said last Tuesday, any of your friend that's not saved is going to hell. Hell is the destination for all sinners. Are you following my point? So, like I said on Tuesday, some of us here already know our friends that are going to hell. And why are they going to hell? You know that this Tunde, Tunde is going to hell. You already know. You can even write to me your journal. This guy is going to hell. This one is going to hell. Why are they going to hell? They are not saved. It's not because of. It's not because they are even committing fornication. It's not because they are doing all this. It's because they are not saved. Some of us who are doctors now, like uh, Ufoma is a doctor in his office. You already know your doctor friends. That are going to hell. You already know them. That this guy, if he dies now, is going to hell. Why is he going to hell? It's because he's not saved. So Jesus seeks the lost. He loves the lost because he loves the Father. Bible says he does the commandment of the Father because he loves the Father. Anything that is concerned to the Father becomes of concern to him. The most important thing to the Father. Is his lost children, and that's why that elder brother of the prodigal son did very terribly to have stayed back at home while his younger brother was lost out there. If he had gone out and looked for him, that's what the proper elder brother should have done. I have a big problem, a very big problem with that elder brother. One of my problems with the elder brother is that he knew that that boy spent money on harlots, and the Bible did not document it. Hmm, Mr. Elder Brother. How did you know? It was not written anywhere that that boy was in Alots. But this elder brother knew. So this brother, elder brother knew where Alots were. He had been going about checking those Alots and wished he could be with them. Even not for this Christianity. Even not for this Christianity. Are you following my point? There are people who wish they were sinners. That even not for this Christianity, one would have been able to do all these kind of things. And so they are only serving God because he does somebody must just do this thing. It's not because it's from a place of love. If you love the father, this goat you are taking care of, the father killed that goat one time and that boy came back. He didn't even think that someone has been taking care of this goat. The father calf that you stayed back home to be taken care of, it didn't cost the father one second. Slaughter the thing. Kill it. Let's eat it. 
Because the son was more important to him than that goat. So the elder brother stayed back taking care of goat when his elder brother was dead, dying out in the cold. Terrible. That Christian is to seek. So Jesus is a soul winner. That's the one reason why I'm a soul winner. The pastor, but I'm a pastor. You see, I'm of the pastoral. Jesus Christ is a shepherd. Yet, he's a soul winner. The pastor, you know, I'm a prophet. I am going to the prophetic, the prophetic ministry. <laughs> There's nobody that is more prophetic, prophetic than Jesus. And yet he was a soul winner. Say, Pastor, we are apostles. <laughs> Bible calls him the apostle of our salvation. He's the bishop of our salvation. No more apostle than Jesus Christ. Say, no, Pastor, we are into intercessory ministries. Who is more intercessory than Jesus? Bible says he stays now with the Father making intercessions and he's a soul winner. So there is nobody who is called into the ministry of soul winning. Why some people are not called into it? Anything we are doing that is not dovetailing or resulting to people getting saved is a complete waste before the eyes of God. So whatever we are, we must find a way to win souls, to bring lost people in. It's very important. I'm a soul winner because Jesus is a soul winner. Number two, I'm a soul winner because the harvest is plenteous. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Help me. Matthew chapter 9 verse 37. Help me please. Matthew 9 verse 37. I'm a soul winner because the harvest is plenteous. Help me. What does it say? Matthew 9 37. Unto his disciples, yes, the harvest truly is plenteous, yes, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. He says the harvest is plenteous. I'm a soul winner because there's a harvest out there. The Bible says this harvest is already ripening and rotting. The harvest is plenteous. The people out there are ready to be saved. I'm telling you the truth. Look at them, they are doing it. This person, they are ready to be saved. I've met people that look as if they are very terrible people. Just start talking like they just break down in tears. They are doing as if they are strong men. They are they are talk to them now. They start weeping. I've spoken to people in the boat. You know, if you carry me as boats, you must be saved. Because if I pay three five for boats, ah, I must tie this three five to a soul. Ah, three five, five key. Ah, you must be saved. You must be saved. So this, I've got, I got a, a guy was a cabman was carrying me was he broke down into tears. The harvest is plenteous. Number three reason why I'm a soul winner is because the laborers are few. Says how few are the laborers? That's why I'm a soul winner. If I don't do it, who else will do it? The laborers are few. This why some people fold their hands and fold their legs that they think that somebody else will do it. So you don't do it. And if everybody thinks everybody will do it, nobody will do it. Everybody sits back and thinks the other person will do it. Nobody will get it done. So who's going to preach to this guy? Who's going to preach to that guy? Let's be praying. Let's be praying. Let's be praying. That guy didn't say pray. He said go out and preach. Prayer is powerful, but prayer is not preaching. If we keep praying and don't preach, people will go to hell while we are praying for them. Are you following my point? So prayer is a place, and I'm going to tell you how prayer is, but prayer is not preaching. Preaching is not prayer. The Bible says, how will they believe if they don't hear? How will they hear if there be no preachers? It didn't say, how will they believe if they are not being prayed for? They must hear, but faith must come by the hearing of the word of God. 
We must find a way to communicate the word. And everybody under the sound of my voice here, no matter what level of spirituality you are, you are fully equipped to win a soul to Christ. I'm telling you to say, Pastor, me, me, my own soul self is still shaking. As your soul is shaking like that, just drag another soul with you. I'm telling you, there's nobody. Now, some of you are here, I know you. I know you more than you know yourself. God has even shown you to me. I know you more than you think I know you. And even at that state that you are in, look at that Samaritan woman. Seven husbands. Seven husbands. She has not divorced them all. She's still with them. She's not the side chick. She's the main chick to side husbands. Seven. Seven husbands. Seven. Manuel, seven husbands came out to the streets and said, Come, see a man. People say, You are men. You are men. You are men. You have seen another man. Ah, it's not only you. He said, Come, see a man. He said, We know. You, you know. Five and six. You are men. The Bible says, The whole city, the whole city followed this woman. A woman who is still with seven husbands won a whole city to Christ. Maybe only just two husbands. <laughs> or two wives. Or two girlfriends. You are fully equipped. Somebody with seven did it. You have no excuse. Somebody with seven husbands brought the whole city to Jesus. She's still with them. When she brought them to Jesus, Kai, there is no level of spirituality you are as at this evening that you are here that you are not fully equipped to bring one person, one person to Jesus, just one person. Say, oh boy, you need to know Jesus. There's no level, and I'm going to go to that one story very soon. All right. So what am I? Number three, I said because the harvest is plenteous, then because the laborers are few. Number four is what? Am I number four? Because I'm commanded. Give me John chapter 14. Somebody please help me. We need to be fast. John chapter 14 verse 15. John chapter 14 verse 15. Then John chapter 14 verse 21 verse 23. The same chapter. John chapter 14 verse 15. What does it say? Help me please. John 14, 15. In my name, yes. I will do it. Yes. If ye love me, yes. keep my commandments. So because I am commanded. That's number four. I am commanded to win souls. It says if you love me, if you love me, Keep my commandments. People have gone about preaching gospel that the gospel of grace has no commandments. You are free. No law. No law. Jesus Christ says, if you love me, you will be my commandments. Give me verse 21. Same chapter. Verse 21. Same chapter. Verse 23. Same chapter. What does it say? He that had my commandments. He that has my commandments. And keepeth them. And keeps them. He, he, he is, is that, loves he that loves me. He that has my commandments and keep my commandments. It is that person that does that that loves me. The other person can be singing, I love you, Lord. More than what's that song? Words could say, I love you, Lord. More than give me the links now, Sharon. I love you, Lord. Yes. Sing it now. I love you, Lord. I love you. Sing it nice, Uji. Help me. He says, Uji doesn't do so. 
The love message is in church. More than yesterday, I love you, Lord. Please More than words can say, I love you, Lord. Like never before, I love you, Lord. Just for the song. Yeah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. More than yesterday. <laughs> More than yesterday, I love you, Lord. More than words could say. More than words could say. More than words could say. I love you, Lord. Than ever, ever before. Than ever before. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. So that other guy is in church and SOG is leading like that. And the guy is crying. Ah, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. More than yesterday, more than words could say, I love you. But Jesus Christ says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth it, it is He that loves me. Not He that sings this song. He that sings this song can say, I'm going to love you, Lord. More than yesterday, I'm going to love you, Lord. But for now, as long as you don't obey my commandments, Jesus says, my true measure for love is that you do what I say. What does the last verse say? Of that same chapter. What does it say? Jesus answered and yes. said unto him, yeah? if a man loves me, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. He will keep my words. If a man loves me, Please write down all those scriptures. John chapter 14, 15. John chapter 14, verse 15. John chapter 14, verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 23. Give me 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. What does it say? 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. What does it say? For this is the love of God. This is the love of God. That we keep his commandments. That we keep. This is the love of God. I said before. That is not that you are crying during worship. Will you change? Will you change? We know. Cry. But will you stop hook up? <laughs> will, you, will you stop? <laughs> will you stop hook up, please? <laughs> are you following my point? <laughs> will you stop? Cry. No, we don't say don't cry. We are just saying that when you are done, will you stop? That thing you are doing. This is the love of God. So the reason why I'm a soul winner is because I am commanded to be one. I'm commanded to be one. Paul says, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I'm commanded. When I sit in a car and the Lord touches me, Philip preaches that guy. You know, sometimes I don't even allow the Lord to talk to me first because he told me, He says, Go and preach. He didn't tell me I'm going to feel led before I preach. Preach to all souls. Preach to everybody. Preach. Someone says, I don't feel led. I say, if you don't feel led, put a bullet in your pocket. Put your hands into it and feel led. And then preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. I'm commanded to preach the gospel. If I see an unsafe person, I'm commanded to Now, how I'm going to preach the gospel is going to be different. You see, Jesus Christ told us to go. He told us what to do. He said, go. He told us where to go. He said, go into the world. He told us what to do. He said, preach the gospel. He told us to preach the gospel. He said, preach the gospel to all creatures. But he didn't tell us how to preach the gospel. 
Because Jesus knew that in every time, in every city, in every nation, the city, the civilization in that nation would decide what method would make preaching the gospel most effective. Very important. In some places, morning cry cannot work. If you cry there, you will cry. They are going to make sure you cry, you cry, really cry. In some places, television might not work. Like I was talking to some people in my room, in my office yesterday. They said in Saudi Arabia, for instance, there's only a street in Saudi Arabia where there are churches. All the churches must be on that street and they have time. And you cannot be seen preaching the gospel publicly. If you say, I don't care about that. I'm here. I'm ready to die for the gospel. They'll kill me very fast. <laughs> now, you see, the, the, the goal of Satan, because you have to be wise, the goal of Satan is not for you to go to hell. The goal of Satan is to get you out of the battlefield. You can die and go to heaven. As long as it's concerned, you are away from reach. No matter how anointed you are, if you are in heaven, you are very powerless to Satan. Did you get what I said? See Paul with all the things he knows. He cannot write one book from heaven. I'm going to read it. Because it's in heaven. Anything that he could do, he must do it here. So as a Christian, you must know how to be alive. You must know how to stay alive. Very, very important. It's very important for you to know how to stay alive. Don't just go out foolish and allow anybody to kill you. Say, I'm a martyr. That's no wisdom. Do you know that they, were, they wanted to kill Jesus Christ severally before the time for the cross? Bible said, and they would walk in their midst and they wouldn't know. Severally. Severally, they wanted to kill him until the appointed time came. He said, Now the hour is come. He said that. So don't allow anybody to kill you cheaply. Don't go to Saudi Arabia and say, They say we must preach. Carry my phone. If they shot cut off your head, you go to heaven. You understand? But because you are dead, many people cannot go to hell. Because all people that you should have stayed alive to preach the gospel to are now open to satanic assaults. Stay alive. Tell anybody say, neighbor. Stay alive. Alright? So, I am commanded to preach the gospel. I am commanded to preach the gospel. And I must find the best way as a believer to get the gospel. You don't just go to your office and say because you are a Christian you go, you go there with a chosen apron and say nobody can tell me anything here. And paste Jesus is Lord on all this, all the, all the, all the, everybody's office and say we are here to take over. <laughs> you will go outside. They will sack you first. I'm telling you. And if they sack you you would have lost the influence that you had to have subtly communicated the gospel to that place. Do you know that throughout the days of Daniel, he never preached to Nebuchadnezzar? Daniel saw them eating food, defiled food, when he entered the palace. He said, sit down. He didn't say, hey. Ah, this abomination. Where we came from, we are children of God. We don't eat this kind of thing. Never. And all of you eating this kind of thing, all of you are going to hell. He didn't say that. If he had done that, Nebuchadnezzar said, cut off their neck. If they have cut off their head, then they will not be able to pray the prayer that they prayed for God to have released Israel after spending 70 years in Babylon. So he told the man who was in charge of the diet, he said, please, can you, you know, excuse me and my friends 
for personal reasons, you know, from eating. It may look as if it's from health, health reasons. He was wise. He was wise. So some people's issue is not that they don't preach the gospel, that they preach the gospel foolishly. And I'm going to show you the scripture now. So I'm commanded to do. Last reason why I'm a soul winner is because of the blood of sinners. Because of the blood of sinners. The blood of men. Very popular scripture. When we, when we just give our life to Christ, that scripture was ringing our head everywhere. Ezekiel chapter 3. He says, if I say to a wicked man, you are a wicked man, you shall die. He says, and if you refrain, I don't tell him. And if he dies, he says, I will require the blood from off your hands. You know, that was very important for us. In those days, we did everything possible to preach to everyone we saw because we were scared that God will require the blood of sinners from us. Alright? If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, give him NLT. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 16. NLT. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16. Help me, please. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. What does it say? We're reading from NLT. Using NLT, read down to 23. What does it say? Yet preaching the good news is not something I can boast about. So I want you to follow this scripture. Media doesn't have NLT, have you? I want you to follow that scripture you know, very carefully as you read this one for us. Okay, what does it say? I am compelled by God to do it. It says I'm compelled. Did you see that? It's not a boast. So preaching the gospel is not something I'm going about boasting everywhere that I'm preaching the gospel. It said God compelled me to do it. Yes, what does it say next? How terrible for me yes. I didn't preach the good news. If I didn't preach the gospel, good news, it said in King James, warn to me if I don't preach the gospel. How terrible it is for me. If I don't preach the gospel. What does it say next? Help if me. I were doing this on my own initiative, yes. I would deserve payment. Yes. But I have no choice. Yes. For God has given me this God sacred has trust. Given me. God. So everyone here, there's a sacred trust in your hands to preach the gospel. Listen to me. When I say preach, don't think pastor. Don't think pastor. It's not pastor. It's not, it's not about being whether you're a pastor. Every born again believer, the Bible says you receive the power of the Holy Ghost come upon you and you become witnesses. Every born again believer is a witness. The purpose of the Holy Ghost in you is to make you a Jesus. Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Ghost is God in us. So what the Holy Ghost did is to make us all Jesuses. Because we now can be everywhere. When he spoke to the church, he said, greater works than this shall you do. He wasn't talking about quality. He was talking about quantity. So now Jesus can be in Bethany. He can be in Capernaum. He can be in Lystra. He can be in Sierra Leone. He can be in Nigeria. He can be in Kano. He can be in Kaduna. Those guys can be everywhere. He can be in Abuja. In those days, when he was in Lystra, he couldn't be in Capernaum. He was, although he was God, he was limited in space. But now with the Holy Ghost, Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is here. Who is that Jesus? You are the Jesus. And so if you go back to your streets, Jesus is living on the streets. Jesus is living in your compound. Jesus is living in your house. Because Jesus Christ is in you. Are you following my point? Alright? So, help me what say next. What then is my pay? What then is my pay? It is the opportunity to preach the good news without That's charging That's my pay, anyone. without charging anyone. Without charging anyone. You see the point where people charging to preach the gospel? Without charging. We've turned the anointing to merchandise. Merchandise. Pure merchandise. People preach the gospel now with payments. To come and preach, you pay us this amount. Terrible. I don't even want to go there. If I go there now, somebody might screenshot this thing. I'll screenshot it. I'm going to say this is what possible. But it's terrible. It's a shame. That people now have charge. Your blood was not shed. You are preaching about Jesus whose blood, somebody whose blood was shed. You did not die. And you are putting a charge to talk about someone who died 
deep pain, you want to make cry. You have to die first before you can charge. You have to die first. And what are you charging? The gospel is not yours. The Bible is not yours. The word of God you want to preach is not yours. You have no intellectual property rights. You have no copyright rights. You are, it was entrusted in your hands and you have the right to put a charge that for me to come and preach in your church you must charge me this. Shame! Shame! See Paul, Paul says my own payment is that I could preach this thing without charging anyone. I've never charged anyone. I've never charged anyone. That's when, that's why I never demand my rights when I preach good. What is the next? Help me. Even though I am a free man with no master, yes, I have become a slave to all people to bring all many to Christ. People. I became a slave to bring many to Christ. I became a slave. I became a slave. I became a slave. The Bible says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. I became a slave. I became a slave. I don't own my right. I don't do my things. I don't say this is my own. There are places I go. I comb my hair because I want to preach there, and they are not going to accept me the way my hair is looking. I preach in celestial church, but I remove my shoe and enter the church without, without shoes. I was not born with shoes. I became a slave that I may save the souls of men. There are people here, I don't care. People are going to hear because of your breast. You don't care. See, I wear what I want to wear. They should keep taking care of their eyes. Paul says, I became a slave. I became a slave. I became a servant. To all men. I was going to put somewhere. I put three clothes, three change of clothes in my car. Because I was wearing a distressed jeans. And I know that the other place I was going to preach, they didn't bore me where to enter with distressed jeans. Nobody would listen to me. I went to a Catholic church. I combed my hair. I was very humble as I entered. <laughs> Sat down. I didn't say, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? No. I became a slave. Let them give me the mic. Let us give me the mic. I became a slave. I can scrape off this hair. If Paul scraped off his hair as he entered Jerusalem, because he must be a slave to all men. Some of you, ordinary salamites, you lose your consecration. All the things that God has been teaching you, you just saw fry ram. Your body was shaking. Your body was shaking. The Bible says, if meat, do you know what that's what Paul said? He said, if eating meat will cause my brother, he said, I will not taste flesh. You will become a slave. I'm telling the truth. There are places I go, I have a comb in my car. There are people I know I can't talk to. I, I, it's not my God. Are you following my point? There's not, the Bible says, all things are lawful. There's nothing that I have that is my God. There are people that if they forget their bracelets, their hand bracelet or something at home, they don't mind to be late to church. They go back and pick it. You forget your mascara. Forget your eyebrow. You go back home. You go back home to pick it. Because when God gave you eyebrow, you, you, you scrape it off and draw your own. I became a slave to obey. 
Paul say next? Help me. What did Paul say next? When I was with the Jews, when I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew. I lived like them. Why did I live like them? To bring the Jews to Christ, so that I can get the Jews saved. When I enter a place and there are religious people there, and I need to get them saved, I behave like them. Paul was so passionate about getting people saved that he, was, he didn't have a personal identity. He was willing to be anything just to get me saved. What are saying is help me. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. I lived under that law. So we enter a place. He said, In this place, you cannot wear trousers again. You cannot wear trousers. He said, I don't care. Christ sets me free. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if never, everybody goes to hell because of your trousers, you don't care. When I was under the religious laws, see, in this place, we don't wear earrings. I pull off my earrings. I am more, my heart is more about this person's soul than my earrings. Are you following my point? Yes, you get to a place, and in this place, you don't wear bracelets, you don't wear anklets, you don't wear all those things. What are all those things? Rubbish. You pull everything off. What is the value of a soul of a man? Compared to trinkets and trinkets and pandas. What's in this? Help me. Even though I am not subject to the law. Even though I'm not subject to the law. You can Paul. Paul said, I'm not subject to that law. I'm not subject to that law. That law is not over me. Now, there are arguments around Panwai or no Panwai, alcohol or no alcohol. When I see people argue about those things, I say, Pastor, is it good for someone to drink Panwai? Go and drink it, please. Don't waste my time. And drink it and let us face all of people are very serious. Your questions reveal you. Yes. If you say, Pastor, please, when is the when, when next are we going for evangelism? That's the question. It has revealed the heart of that person. Say, Pastor, please, is it good to eat salamites? Why is it? <laughs> are you asking us? Are you asking us? What's your consecration? your consecration as a believer. Do you have things that other people can do but you can't do because of your work with God? Are there things that people, other people are doing but you cannot do it because of your, the oil on your life? Kai. What does sinners help me? Please. Even though I am not subject to the law, Even though I'm subject to the law I did this so I could bring I did Christ. this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. So when I enter that celestial church and I remove my shoe, I am not under that law. I must bring the gospel into this place. Say, Pastor, before you can talk here, you must remove your shoes. I, I was not born with shoes. I was not born with shoes. I was like, in good luck, a man without shoes. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm not on that alone. What is in this? Help me. When I am with the Gentiles, when I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, who do not follow Jewish law, I too live apart from that law. I live apart from the law. So I can bring them to so Christ. So I can bring them to Christ. Yes, what is the next? But I do not ignore the law of God. So you see, even though I am with those without law, I don't begin to live lawlessly. Lawlessly. Someone said on my state that he started smoking a good because he wanted to save people that smoke a good. And said the end justified the means. In Christ. The miss is very important. Yes, sir. Don't go and do ukop. 
to save the person you are doing cop with. Don't say, so, so as long as I'm with those that are cop, I behave like those that are doing cop. Don't say that rubbish. He said, even though they were without law, what did he say? I obey the law of Christ. I obey the law of Christ. That's what he says. What does it help me? When I am with those who are weak. When I'm with those who are weak. I share their weakness. I share their weakness. I share their weakness. You know, I didn't know that I couldn't help the weak by being strong. I didn't know. I found out that I had to become weak. Jesus became sin. That we, through his being a sin, might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So I'm there in their way. I don't help the weak by showing them how powerful I am. But I understand with them. The Bible says he causes he get to sit among them seven days. What does it say next? Help me. For I want to bring the weak to I Christ. I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, what does it say next? Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. I find, I'm say common grounds. Common grounds. And I'm going to show you that in John chapter 4 very soon. How do I preach the gospel? I start with common grounds. John chapter 4. Common grounds, anyone doing everything I can. To save some. John chapter 4. Quickly. John chapter 4. I'll wrap up now with the story of the Samaritan woman. So we're going to go through that story. That is Jesus Christ having a one-on-one evangelism. One-on-one with that woman. And that gives us the principle for one-on-one evangelism. And I'm going to show you that now. Common ground. Common ground. John chapter 4, alright? Verse 7. Help me. King James. John chapter 4, verse 7. King James. John chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read together. We're about to round up now. Verse 7. What does it say? There cometh a woman of Samaria. There cometh a woman of Samaria. To draw water. To draw water. Jesus said unto her. Jesus said unto her. Give me to drink. So the first principle for one-on-one is that you must take the initiative. The initiative, number one, is that you take the initiative. This woman was a Samaritan woman. He says, go into the world. You shall be witness unto me from Jerusalem to all Judea and Samaria. So Samaria was a city where people were, you know, people believed that these were not real Jews. And they were segregated, they were discriminated against. Jesus said, give me to drink. So number one is that you have to take initiative. You have to take what? Don't wait for the sinner to come. Now, there are days that sinners will come to you. And sinners, have come, sinners come to meet me every day. Pastor, help me. Pastor, help me. Pastor, help me. And I'm a pastor. It's easier. You understand? So, but in my normal life, human being, human being to human being, sinners don't come and meet me. I have to take initiative. And I've preached to the dump. I said, I preached to the dump in a, a what's of that pizza place? Eh? Dominos. That's the first dumb person I preached to. Couldn't hear the gospel. But I wrote the gospel to him. I took a Bible and wrote it. And I led him in a sinner's prayer. And he wrote, Amen. Don't. Hallelujah. So, take initiative. Number two, take initiative on common grounds. The woman was coming to take water. Jesus started with water. So, in your place of work, there's something common to you. You will notice that Jesus Christ did not talk about our sin. As the first thing. He didn't talk about the size of her trousers or the size of her skirts or maybe she's wearing something. That wasn't what he said about. 
Do you think that Jesus Christ knew that she had seven husbands? Eh? He did not start with that. Now, how would Jesus Christ be asking water from a person that he knows has seven husbands? There are Christians say that can never take anything from someone that has seven husbands. You have already judged them in your mind. Say me, collect from seven husbands. Are you following my point? So Jesus was willing so that he may save the weak. He became weak. He became thirsty to save this thirsty woman. So he found a common... Are you following my point? So when I'm in the airport now, I'm looking for a common ground. We can start with the delay of flights. This flight has been delayed. I mean, we still have the time here. Ibomi has begun to delay our flight. We don't know what's going on. I said, but I just thank God. This delay is very, 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 very familiar. This flight delay is happening everywhere now. There's a flight that's been delayed. You are the reason why it's been delayed. This flight is being delayed. Is it for God doesn't want any sinner to be lost that all men be saved. And until every year he hears the gospel, Jesus will not come. You are the reason why this flight has not come. So we found a common ground. We are going to end with that. Are you following my point? Now, if I'm, into, if I'm in agriculture, there must, be, there must be a common ground. Seed, that's why there's nothing you want to say today that is not in the scriptures. From seed to sower to fire to water to anything, there must be a common ground. Even those in medical field, there's a common ground. This body will die. Are you following my point? This body will die. You must find a common ground, particularly that it relates with the person you are talking to. I do that all the time. I'm asking the Lord. The Lord, help me. Help me. Help me find a common ground. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 50 verse 4, He gives me the tongues of the land. I might know how to speak a word in season to him that is willing. He wakes me on by morning. I open up my ear to hear that I might speak a word of the season. I speak, Lord, oh God, before I speak this person, give me a word, common, common ground. So he says, give me water. What is the next? Help me. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Yes. Then said the woman of Samaria yes. unto him, yes. how, is, how is it that thou, being a Jew, yes. accept drink of me? Yes. Which I'm a woman of Samaria. So now she starts with religious issues, doctrinal issues, theological issues. What do you mean by that? So what, what is God looking at? Why are people being killed in Israel? Why are people being killed in Russia? If you say, so what are we talking about? Why is there, why is there death everywhere? Why, why is there sickness everywhere? You see that point? So it's a distraction. It's a distraction. Why do you do that? Why did you do that? What did you guys say? Help me. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Yes. Jesus answered and said unto yes. her, mm-hmm. If thou knowest the gift of God, mm-hmm. and who it is that saith to thee, Give mm-hmm. me to drink, mm-hmm. that wouldest have asked of him, mm-hmm. and he would have given thee living no. water. So you see Jesus now, this with that distraction, by going back to the core. Why are you dying? Why are you dying? comes back to the core of what he was saying. But you need salvation. You. If you know this thing I'm talking about, this thing you're looking for, you came here for water. You came here for husband. You came here for healing. You are sick in your body. You are sick, there's sickness in the world. But you came here for healing. And if you know there's a healing available for you here now. It says if I give you this water, you will never thirst again. So it doesn't have you whether the Jews will be talking to Samaritan, Samaritan should be talking to Jews. So, so some of you, when you want to preach, that's how the, the, the preacher will talk to arguments. You are not careful with my even fights. Don't ever talk to me like that again. Is it because I came to preach to you? You think I don't? I'm a man of respect in this place. So, <laughs> respect yourself. You respect yourself. Respect yourself. The preacher has turned to fight. But Jesus did not do that. 
He says, why are you Jew talking to me? All those issues are theological. That's not the core. It brings her back. See, if you know, because you came here to fresh water here, if you know the person that's talking to you. So, when he does that, he tears up her curiosity. What does he say next? The woman said unto him, you see, Sir, yes? thou had nothing to draw with, yes. and the well is deep. So, you see now, it's beginning to connect. Sir, now respect is coming in. It's not you, sir, before. But this man has promised her that if I give you the water, you won't test again. Ah, he says, sir. Sir. Are you fooling Jesus now? Sir. You have nothing to draw with. What does it say next? Help me. From whence then has thou From that where will water? you get this healing? From where will you get this deliverance? From where will you get this provision? Where? From where will you get this salvation? Even you try in Nigeria, we're all under this terrible economy. From where will you get it? What does Jesus Christ say? Help me. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, yes. which gave us the well and drank thereof himself, yes. and his children and his cattle? Yes. Jesus answered and said yes. unto her, mm-hmm. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall mm-hmm. test again. Yes. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall mm-hmm. never thirst. So you see that he keeps, please, I want you to follow me. I have done this all my life. The woman brings up an issue. Jesus Christ does not respond to that issue. He comes and says, This water you want to okay. If you call me and take this water, you test again. I have something for you. So it's like dangling something in front of someone. The person is talking about every other thing. You're saying, No, this is what I'm talking about. This is a salvation. This is a salvation. This is a salvation. If I give you this water, you're not testing. I wish I had time. I would have given you at least five or six personal examples. One on one example of the people when I preach the gospel to them. Dangling this thing in front of them. Dangling this in front of them. If you take this water, you will not test it. It's when it comes to Jesus, you have to use what people want to bring them in. When the, when the prodigal son came back, what did he want? What did he want? Answer me now, what did he want? Why did he come back home? Eh? Is, that, is it food he wants? But what did the father give him first? He, gave, he restored back his sonship. But there was food dangling. He came back home. He didn't say, now that you're home, can you please tell me first, do you come back because you think your father should have you back or because you're this boy, you've been away for a while or you came for food. Your motive is very important. He didn't say that. Was there a show about motives? So this person is looking for husband. I'm dangling husband. This guy is the husband man. <laughs> this person is looking for his healing. I'm dangling healing. I'm telling you. If you look at chapter 5, he says, is anyone sick among you? Let him call the others. Let them pray. He says, and his sickness will be healed. The, the sickness, the, the faith will heal the sickness. He And if he has committed any sin. So sickness came before healing. Sorry, the healing came before forgiveness. I don't tell somebody that you must be saved first before you are healed. It's not in the Bible. So I can dangle healing in front of sick sinners. Are you following my point? There was a Muslim in my, in my hospital, in my school in those days. He was very sick. I came into the room. He was very sick. Very sick. I said, are you okay? I feel rich. I said, who man? He said, but I'm not a Christian. I said, do you want to be healed or do you want to be a Christian? He said, I want to be healed. I said, give me a hand. I said, in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, I don't know one, one born again person you healed in the Bible. There was nobody that was born again that you healed in the Bible. All of them were sinners. This, my friend, is sick. Heal him on credit. Now. He got healed. Even if he didn't get saved that day, do you know that there's already a deposit, there's a credit in his spirit that Jesus has healed me. I owe him something. 
That was why that man was very hungry with Gazi. When Naaman came and got healed, and Naaman had come with gold and came with silver and came with everything, and Elisha refused to collect those things. Naaman now said, Tie! Because you have not collected these things, I will now go to my land and erect an altar unto this God. Because Elisha wanted Naaman to go back with a sense of indebtedness that Jesus has healed you, you need to serve him. When Naaman came, he was a Syrian, they were Gentiles. He didn't say, Come and be saved first. He got him healed without asking many questions. And he refused to collect anything. So when he went back and Giasi collected that gold, he gave Naaman a sense of paid back that he has paid back Jesus for healing. And that's why the leprosy of Naaman came on Giasi. That's why our Christians are wicked. They are paying tithes in the church. Stolen money, they pay tithes to a pastor. In their mind, they are set to God. They can be wicked forever. Are you following my point? So even if that guy didn't get saved, there's a deposit of a spiritual credit in his spirit. Alright? What does sinners help me? But the water that I shall give him the water I give to you shall be in him a well of water yes. springing up into everlasting life. Yes. Do man say it unto him. Yes. Sir, give me this water. Give me this water. Can you see where it's coming now? Can you see now? Give me this water. Give me this water. What are they talking about? Eh? Common ground. Give me this water. That's what they're talking about. But was this guy talking about water? All of us know that there's nothing concerning water about Jesus in this matter. You know, you know, Abby, that it was not about water. What are saying? Help me. Neither come hither to draw. Yes. Jesus said unto yes. her, yes. Go call thy husband and so, come hither. Now, look at this. Go and call your husband. Go and call your husband. You know, this time with skirts. He didn't start with earring. He didn't start the conversation with husband. He had drawn her in. Seared up an hunger for salvation before starting addressing the issue of sin. So when I, I'm in front of an Igbo smoker, I don't talk about Igbo. I went to, I, I've gone about three times, I went to a beer parlor, I took malt, poured inside tumbler, you know, to be foamy like this. I quickly threw away the can. There's a guy in front of me who's drinking stout. I'm also sipping it. We don't talk about stout. Till we finish that conversation, I will not mention stout. Till he gets saved, I will not talk about stout because I'm drinking something that looks like stout. Are you following my point? Common ground, common ground, common ground. Common ground. Common ground. I've done like three times. In fact, the last one, I want two souls. I entered the Apollo with that Bible and went out with two souls for my Jesus. He says, go and call your husband. What did you say? The woman answered and said, Yes. I have no husband. Yes. Jesus said unto her, Yes. Thou has well said, I have no husband. So he didn't say you are a liar. That's how you have been lying. That's why you are a sinner. That's how you lie, 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 lie like you. Did you tell me before? Have I met you before? Did you, did you tell me? Have you seen before? Did we call you? Did you see that? Someone shout, Prophet, Professor. He didn't say that. He said, You have well said. You have no husband. What does he say next? For thou hast had five husbands. But you have had five husbands. You have had five husbands. Yes? And he whom thou now hast. And the person you are staying with husband. now. 
is not your husband. So you don't have husband in that you said you don't have husband. Because this person is really, really not your husband. But he has communicated the truth in a way that convicted that woman without condemning her. What was that woman's response? Help me. The woman said unto him, Yes. Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now, he began to understand that this was a spiritual man. And began to ask spiritual questions. What does he ask? Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Yes. And ye say yes. that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So this woman is not a woman that didn't know the Bible. And if you go out on the streets, you find that people on the streets know the word of God. They don't hate Jesus. They hate Christians. Because Christians don't represent Jesus properly. So she has some form of understanding. So, okay, now that I've, even a man, I've met a man that is spiritual, please, there's been this question on my heart. Do we worship him? What do I say? Jesus said unto her, Yes, woman, woman, believe me, yes. the hour comment, yes. when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship yes. the Father. Yes. Ye worship, ye know not. Worship. So he said, You will not even worship in Jerusalem. So there's no need to feel inferior because you're Samaria. They thought Jerusalem was the big place. Even Jerusalem will not be the place. He says, For the Father's sake, those who would worship him in spirit. Give me the next verse, verse 22. But the hour comments, yes, and now is yes, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Equalizes everybody. All of us can do this. The real worshippers will not be in Jerusalem, they will not be in Samaria. You don't have to feel the focus Samaria. Everyone would worship Jesus in truth. What does it say next? For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And all that was worship him. Yes, what does it say next? God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. The woman said unto him, Yes. I know that Messiah. Comes. I know the Messiah. So this woman was not ignorant. Yes, she has seven husbands. There are people smoking crack that know Jesus. Yes. They are just looking for the right person to lead them to him. I've met them. I'm telling you, I've met them. People who are hungry for salvation but have not met the real ushers that can usher them into that grace. I've met them. They're on the streets. They're in our offices. They don't hate God. These guys don't hate Jesus. They have just not met someone who can properly with wisdom lead them through that journey. See where they started from, from water. Now they're talking about mountain. What is happening next? Help me. Which is called Christ. Yes. When he comes, when he comes, he will tell us all things. He will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, Yes. I that speak unto thee. I am the Messiah. So he didn't start with I'm the Messiah. He started with give me water. The Messiah, the Lord and the Savior of the world, was willing to come down to beg for water from a woman who had seven husbands. What did the woman do? And upon this came his disciples and marveled that yes. he talked with the woman. Yes, yes. no man said, yes. What seeketh thou? Yes. Or why talkest thou with her? Yes. The woman then left her water pot she and left. went her way. Into she the had city. not fetched water. But who needs a water pot when there's a well springing in your belly? She dropped her water pot, ran into the city. What did she say? Come, come, see a man. See a man. Which told me all things that ever everything, I did. Everything, everything. Did you guys tell her everything? When they get saved, they will blow it beyond proportion. Get them saved. They will tell their friends. He hid all my sicknesses. He did all that. Don't allow them. Don't say, drop, drop. No, let them say it. Bible says when she said that, come. This man told me, is this not the Christ? 
Is that the Christ? Is Jesus Christ the Christ? Did Jesus Christ already told, ah, that I'm the Christ? Answer me now. Told her now. He said, I, he. But he didn't tell the people. Because he says, I've seen the Christ. They say, which Christ? But she stirred up their curiosity too. Is this not the Christ? Ah, let's go and see if it's the Christ. So what happened? Help me. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. Yes. In the meanwhile, yes. his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. Yes. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that so he Jesus not says, know. the meat, my meat, what gives me satisfaction? You see, they brought bread. But there was a bread coming. He saw the entire city coming. There was no food strong enough to satisfy him. There's no food strong enough to fill a belly of a man whose hunger is to see souls saved. He says, I have a meat you know not of. He says, my meat is to do the will of my father and to finish. So he was there finishing. He was there waiting for them to finish. He knew that the man had gone. He didn't stop her. Go! And then, next verse, help me. I've, I've quoted the next verse. Give me verse 36. Verse 36. And he that repent receiveth wages. Yes. And gathereth fruit until life eternal. Yes. That both he that soweth and he that repent may rejoice yes. together. Yes. Give me verse 38. I sent you to reap that Give me verse 39. Verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which yes. testified. He told me all that ever I did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans were, uh, were come unto him, yes. they besought him yes. that he would tarry with them and he abode there too. So days. Jesus was passing through Samaria. He didn't plan to stay there. But when he saw the hunger in the spirits of the Samaritans, he said, stay there two more days. Two more days. Why? A woman. One on one. So, you see, he didn't start with mass evangelism. He started with the one on one. But you saw how he started with water. Are you following me? There's something that's a common ground between you and that unbeliever that's your neighbor. I tell you. It can even be this Tinubu economy. It can be anything. You have to believe God. It starts with the heart. Lord. And you know, I told you, tell me, when I came for your, your dad's burial, the car I entered, I wanted to preach to that guy. I said, I've come to, you know, when I, when I, when I went to South Africa too, I, I said, that was my first foreign trip. I said, hey. So I came to abroad. I must win solo. I brought soul. I'm telling you, I brought soul. I did not, I wasn't able to win any soul till the last day. And we're living that day. Ah! So we live, he said, I came to South Africa and I did not win an abroad. So how are we going to bring me abroad again? <laughs> so the cabman that was to take me to the airport, I pinned him down. I said, you, <laughs> you have my soul. I said, I'm going back to Nigeria, but I must win the soul. <laughs> I led him to Christ at all costs. I'm telling you, at the airport, there, you can't go, you have to say, ah, you say, I, because I, I said, go, how will I go back? So I came to Lagos, I went for them. So I was at, I was the camera that brought me to the church. I said, God, give me a word for this, give me a word for this. And the guy was stubborn, he was saying, so I just said, I just touched on something about his wife that was very sensitive. He said, how do you know? I said, Jesus told me. He said, he, pack the car. It's true, it's true. So with that, I was able to lead him it starts with the heart. So if you have a heart, heart ah, there's a heart for evangelism. There's a heart of evangelism. So it starts with a heart. How do they pronounce that? My daughter says, I don't know the have H factor. There's a heart for evangelism. There's a heart. 
heart for evangelism that places a demand on the heart. <laughs> my daughter says, I'm saying, Shia. You see, my daughter says, Shia. It's of chair. She says, Shia. She says, it's my force. I send it to English school. I shall send it to Yoruba school. I shall link to grammar school. So start with the heart. I'm telling you. The enemy looks like it's very difficult. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. Who say he's not accepting Jesus? Is that not it? Is that not the pata pata? Pata I'm not accepting Jesus. Ah, is that not it? Ah, that's all. That's all. But what if the person says yes? Lift up your hand. Say, Father. Say it again. Say, Father. I receive a heart. Is it heart or heart? Oh. But God understands, Abi. I receive a heart. <laughs> For soul winning. Say, say, Lord. I receive a heart. For so willing. Can you turn to prayer in one minute? Turn to prayer in one minute. That I'll be a so willing winner indeed. A so winner indeed. In the name of Jesus. That I'll be a so winner. At my place of work, you will lead me. You give me the wisdom required. In the name of Jesus. Pray. We're rounding up already. Thank you, Jesus. I receive the heart of a soul winner. I receive a heart of soul winning. Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of my Father. My meat is to do it. My meat is to do the will. And to finish his work. I receive that urgency in my spirit. Someone say, pray for passion for souls. Say, Lord, give me passion for souls. If I'm a doctor, that no one will come through my, 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 my word and leave my word unsaved. In the name of Jesus, if I were a doctor, if I were a lawyer, that no, no client will talk to me and walk through my without you know hearing the gospel in some way in the name of Jesus that you give me a passion for souls that I would go out of my convenience Paul said I'm everything to all men I'm not subject to the law I'm, I can be anything to anybody just so that I could get them saved just so I could get them saved that nothing will hold me back that I'll make no idol of men make no idol of anything Father in the name of Jesus I ask I ask Lord I ask that you grant in my heart. Somebody pray. Please pray. Please pray. Ask the Lord to give you passion for souls. Ask the Lord to give you passion for souls. Look at Rena Bonke. Strong passion for souls. Whatever it is that was in the heart of Jesus. That, that dragged him to the cross. Whatever he felt for men. Whatever he had feelings for. Whatever feeling Jesus Christ had. Whatever was born in the heart of Jesus. For the souls of men. That he could not even say no to the cross. Give me a portion of it. Give me a portion of it. Let my heart burn to see souls saved. Let me not be settled seeing men going to hell. Let me not be comfortable seeing people going to hell. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help my heart to burn for the salvation of the people that you have put around me. Is somebody praying? I don't have to shout about it. I don't have to run around about it. I don't have to boast about it. I just have to love them enough. Love God enough. Love them enough to get the message of salvation to them in any way. Say, Lord, help me. Use me. Use my voice. Use my money. Use my resources. Use my energy. Use my skill. Use my strength. Use my abilities. Use everything. Everything you have given to me, use it. Use it that I may get men saved. Women saved. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Whatever it is that was in your heart, put a portion on my heart. 
Put a portion in my heart. Help me to feel the way you feel about sinners. Help me to feel the way you feel about the unsaved. Help my heart to burn like your heart burns. Help me to hate the devil taking them off to hell like you hate it. Help me to feel what you felt for them. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help my heart be passionate for the souls of men. Help me, Jesus. Oh. listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.